Nation. One o'clock hour, it's Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz with you. Even though the random question yesterday kind of had snitch line vibes, we'll get to the snitch line coming up in about 15 minutes or so. 610 snitch line on a Thursday, 913-586-7610. Is that time to get something off your chest? Maybe you're just in a good mood anyway, like we all are seemingly in Kansas City right now because the Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl. So you're you're willing to be a little more open. You're willing, you're willing to be open about maybe some of the things you've done in the past. You feel like people will be more accepting right now. That's what the snitch line is for coming up. In just a little bit. Think about how ridiculous it would be to take a job that you had for like one or two years and identify that in retirement. Like I'm a retired professor. You're like, you can't claim that. I think what was unfair is that you did not give us any opportunity for growth in that profession. We all, I mean, the first jobs we all had were entry-level positions. There's no way to live okay, off if, those jobs. What would you have changed your answer? scoop ice cream for the rest of my life. <laughs> what if, would you change your answer if you could grow, but only inside that same building? Well, then that means I could so be So you could the, become like the CEO so of McDonald's, the, but you could become the manager, yeah. the daytime manager I of I could be McDonald's. the regional manager of... Well, no, he's saying in that building. Westlake Hardware. Just in that building. So the store manager of Westlake Hardware. Store manager of Hen House. But daytime, daytime store manager. No no evening hours, you know? No evening hours. That's true. Hey, we're clocking out at five, and I'm not <laughs> taking my work home with me. <laughs> Doesn't that sound nice? Wouldn't you like to, I don't know, hypothetically, after two o'clock today, just not have to work anymore? Today. Yeah, that'd be cool. Not ever, just today. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll get to the snitch line uh, coming up. And just so a little bit. But we know Chris Jones had a signature type of performance in the AFC title game. It, it's one that everybody will remember for a very, very long time. And one that is going to make, I think, his contract negotiations in a way like simpler, just in terms of it's like, hey, how do you how do you negotiate uh, the, the exact structure? But the dollar amount might just be the dollar amount. You think there's somebody else that has an opportunity and also needs to have his type of signature game in the Super Bowl? It is Orlando Brown Jr., We asked for it. We called for it all week from Chris Jones. We called for it all playoffs from Chris Jones. How we kind of called for it this season. Chris Jones helped them close out five or six games this year. And I know it's easier to see sometimes from a defensive line perspective. But Mahomes wins his fair share. We know that Chris Jones has won his. When we're talking about high-priced, big position, they paid a lot for you positions, Orlando Brown Jr. qualifies in that regard. He needs to have his Chris Jones game. Show up, push everyone down, get as many pancakes as you want. Doesn't matter, but dominate for one game, have a dominant performance. And I, I'm not saying Orlando Brown Jr. has never done that. He's had dominant performances in individual games. I think he's had a very nice season for Kansas City. They were City. great last week. They were as an offensive line, really good last week. I know they gave a couple of sacks. They were really good. Orlando Brown Jr. got beat on one three-man rush. I don't care. So they were really good in that entire game. He's got to have his defining his defining game. Because for what he's asking to be paid, for what the Kansas City Chiefs already gave up for him, they need him in this game more than ever. The Philadelphia Eagles have four players with 11 or more sacks. They got a guy who's leading the NFL essentially in Hassan Reddick in 16 and a half sacks. No, he didn't, but he's right near the top. They got three more guys with 11 sacks each. He's going to never get a break in this game he's just going to be tested over and over and over again they need him to be dominant well they certainly do and I look I, I don't I don't think uh when you go up against the opponent that they're going to go up against and the, the sack numbers you just gave there like it's not as simple as man you got to make sure that they never get to Mahomes that's not realistic they're going to get theirs are great they're in the Super Bowl for a reason yeah, Chris Jones didn't sack a, the quarterback on every yeah, snap they're, they're, a, they're a hell of a defense and and they got to the Super Bowl for a reason but it can't be uh, it certainly can't be a liability to where you feel like man there this is a constant problem 
on that side of the line. I do think still Orlando Brown Jr. at times probably unfairly gets criticized. I think he actually, much like a year ago, did get better as the season went on. Now, it's a different conversation than talking about should he be getting paid like a top five left tackle? No, but we know how the market goes. I still think the best route uh, for for the Chiefs with him is just going to be to tag him again. Uh, it'll be a double tag, and yeah, it'll cost you a bit more, but it's still, I think, their best option going forward. And I think from a fan standpoint, if he does what you're asking him to do, Cody, where he has one of his best performances in a Super Bowl, that also helps keep Mahomes upright, who still is not going to be 100%, by the way, with that high ankle sprain. Like, yes, it's it's another couple weeks, but he's still not going to be 100%. If he comes through there, that would help with the fan sentiment towards Brown. Or on the flip side, Cody Mahomes gets hurt again or yeah. gets banged up uh, and you have Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, seemingly getting beat consistently throughout the game. And that would be like the final straw, I think, for Chiefs fans at that point in time. So, yeah, there's there's certainly some pressure there. I think Andrew Wiley also is just you're not talking about the same dollar amount in draft capital, but Andrew Wiley also is going to have to uh, have a great game on the edge, too. I mean, he's he's going to be they're going to move Reddick, uh, Reddick around. It's not like it's going to be just uh uh, just uh, on Orlando Brown Jr., the same way the Chiefs move around Chris Jones, and you know there'll be some different looks uh, that we haven't seen. You know, I think this applies to Andrew Wiley as well. I know that we can put it on, but you know how it is, man. I mean, honestly, this is like the McCole Hardman situation. Like, Andrew Wiley, I, I mean, I, he needs to have a good, it's important that he has a good game, but it's it's way less on him than it is Orlando Brown Jr. Look at the other guys. We got two guys who are in the second year in their league in center and in right guard. I, I could say it's, I think it's, by ranking, most important, as in it's on your ass to keep Patrick Mahomes safe in this game. Orlando Brown one, Joe Tooney two, Creed Humphrey three. It's literally left or right. <laughs> uh, then Trey Smith four, and Andrew Wiley five. I think Trey Smith. You know they've they've almost put more in Ooh, on him. Yeah, I think more important, like not not who. No, we think I just meant like more, it's on you, and I understand I'll like the ta- just Wiley, because yeah. just because of the tackle position, I'll bu- I would bump him up higher than Trey Smith in terms of like who has just because you're out on an island sure. theoretically. Uh, that would be, but I get what you're saying. I, I understand what you're saying, just in terms of where where they're at. As like Orlando Brown Jr., like this is important for him. He wants to be the highest or one of the highest paid left tackles in NFL history. This is your. You have never had a better chance to show both the team you currently play for or anyone mm-hmm. else in the NFL how serious you are about wanting to do that for the next ten years in the NFL. Because you're in the Super Bowl against the number one sack team in the entire NFL. I know the Chiefs are number two, but they had 15 left sacks. A whole less, a whole sack less per game than the Philadelphia Eagles. And they got four guys they're going to run at you at any particular point to go get after the quarterback. Not one or two, four. So it's like when you look at the, the, the numbers across the board, Orlando Brown. I mean, if, if I were just ranking like we were just talking like one through 53 most important players in the Super Bowl. Mahomes is one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting past five before I mention Orlando Brown's name. I'm just not. He is one of the five most important yeah. players in this upcoming game in a week and a half. I also look at this game and say, you know, these guys that have stepped up that are rookies. I, I don't really view them as rookies anymore. I mean, it, it is February. Uh, you've gone through and played more games than you've ever played in your your life of football in one particular calendar year. Deep playoff run. Most yeah. games Pacheco and Jalen Watson have ever played and Joshua Williams and Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis and seeing them step up and be a big reason, by the way, why this team keeps winning. It's not as if they're rookies and they're having their role per se. Like Jalen Watson's pick against Trevor Lawrence kind of sealed that game. We saw both Joshua Williams and Brian Cook lead to an interception in this past game, Karloftis obviously had a sack in the AFC title game. Sky Moore had a huge return. I mean, I, I don't, I don't treat them 
like rookies. I don't think we should be viewing them that way. I understand it's a huge game. The Super Bowl is as big a game you can ever play in, in your entire career. They're just going to do it right out of the gate. I, I would I would argue that like that's the time to actually expect them to continue to play at the level that they're doing because for them it's such a weird spot that they're in right away. I think Nick said like ignorance is bliss. Like when you're yeah, they didn't realize like, how big like it's it's a huge game, but like do you? I think if you were in the league for seven years and you've never been to a Super Bowl, the Super Bowl probably gets like bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger sure. and bigger. They're they're getting it in their first year in the NFL, and they've also. A lot of these guys just went up against what people thought were the two or three best teams in football. I'd they went up against the Cincinnati Bengals twice this year. They went up in, against Buffalo already this year. Now they're going to play Philly, who's been the best or second best team for much of the season. This is where it all kind of comes into play, where it really helps them. Gold is think about how many games they've played in that are massive this year. Cincinnati, the regular season, Buffalo, in the yeah. regular season. How many people just come at you, test you all the time? And then the Cincinnati game. Like, the Cincinnati game is really kind of like the, the caveat one because that was a huge game against massive weapons, against one of the best, probably the second-best quarterback in the NFL. And it was Brian Cook tipping it to Joshua Williams. It was Jalen Watson getting a pick for the second consecutive game, right? It was – and he's had some of the biggest picks of the season for the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco beat his head against a wall trying to run the wall. So you're like, oh, well, he didn't run the ball very well. He had almost 60 yards receiving. So, like, he became the outlet pass for Patrick Mahomes in a game where they, again, had to use Jarek McKinnon in those pass block sets more so than the other. And so I just watched him do it. Like, I don't want to treat them like rookies if they're not going to play like rookies, I guess is part of it. If I watch them play more like rookies these last five or six games, I might feel more like treating them like that. But that's not how they're playing. So none of them are playing. Sky Moore's playing like a rookie earlier in the year. Joshua Williams was playing like a rookie for a while. But it's like they're not playing like rookies right now. So it's hard to really hold them to that standard. At least you don't want to. Because I don't want to come out of this game and be like, God, if they just had another year on these rookies, they win this Super Bowl. That those are the players that are exposed. They've had 20 games at this point almost. And then you look at Philadelphia, uh, when we're talking about their defense, the quarterbacks they've faced and, and, the, and the opponents that the Chiefs are facing, compare the two, the Chiefs, 31st strength of schedule, excuse me, Philadelphia, 31st strength of schedule, Kansas City, 16th strength of schedule. Uh, and they were in the best division, the NFCs this year, but the Chiefs played a much more challenging schedule throughout the, the way. And that includes, by the way, uh, the playoffs. Philadelphia played the New York Giants, who they destroyed, a Giants team that is likely going to lead to Brian Dable being coach of the year because they quote unquote overachieved. And then they just faced a Niners team that had no quarterbacks, like literally ran out of quarterbacks in an FC title game. So in terms of battle, that doesn't mean, do I, do I think the Eagles are frauds or something? Of course not. That's not what I'm saying. But before we crown the Eagles defense as being the 85 Bears or the 2015 Broncos or the early 2000s Ravens defense, let, let's remember who they went up against throughout this season. I think it's a very, very good defense. It's not a historically good Philadelphia defense. No, uh, I mean, I, I was going through the best quarterbacks they played. Like, they played the Packers this year, but Jordan Love played half the game. Okay, so that's out. Hmm. And they still, the Packers still scored 33. So when you look at the Eagles' schedule across the board, I, I think you could make a pretty strong argument. The full game, the toughest quarterback they played was Trevor Lawrence. I don't know where you currently rank Trevor Lawrence. Well, that was just so early in the year. That was only four games into the season. That was before Trevor Lawrence and the, and the Jags really got rolling. Yeah, and their first year under Doug Peterson, they barely even had a chance to, to see them at that point. Other than that, they faced Goff, Cousins, uh, Wentz, 
Was Murray hurt by week five? When did he get hurt? Uh, he got hurt later, didn't he? I'm oh, fine. Kyler Murray. They played Dallas when they were without their starting quarterback. So it's like we're just coming back. And it's just like, what are, you, what are we doing here? They didn't face anybody, especially in the back half of the season. Their schedule was pretty soft. I don't know that I want to like, I understand how good of a team they are. I understand that even if you play a soft schedule, it's really hard to win 14 games. So I'm not trying to completely diminish. I don't think that they're like, I don't think they're the Vikings, right? The team we all believe to be a fraud because they were a fraud. That's definitely not Philadelphia. There are stats that suggest just how good they are, but they're also trying to win a Super Bowl in a way people don't win it. Like they're going to run 60% of the time. It's not really how people win Super Bowls very often. They're trying to approach it a completely different way, and they haven't had to face a guy like Patrick Mahomes the entire year. When they faced Patrick Mahomes last year, he scored 40 on them. And it's a, it's and it's not from a people – like I know that their offense looks quite a bit different from uh, just Jalen Hurts' comfort and A.J. Brown and all that stuff. Uh, defensive talent-wise, they're pretty close to what they were last year. They added Hassan Reddick. That's a huge addition. But the rest of the unit kind of looks the way that it did. So it's like, I don't I don't know that they're prepared to I – don't, I don't think they're prepared to guard a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes because they haven't done it all year. If you missed our conversation with former Chiefs wide receiver Danon Hughes, you'll hear that coming up in about 15 minutes. So we asked him about this very defense. And also he brought up something that's interesting and I agree with when it comes to – how rosters are kind of set up in the NFL and including how they're going to be set up come Super Bowl Sunday. But in the meantime, let's get to the snitch line. The number you have reached. You've called the snitch line. And if I have to tell you again, we're going to take it outside and I'm going to show you what it's like. 913-662-1270. Leave him alone! Please leave your message for Thursdays at 1.15 on Cody and Gold. And if you think I'm kidding, just try me. Try me. So we're good? 913-586-7610. That is the 610 snitch line. This is time to uh, let us know. If you've uh, seen something around Kansas City, you've done something in the past. Maybe you were at Arrowhead on Sunday and you saw, you saw something. Gold clapping in a guy's face. Maybe, and they almost may, may, threw punches. Not even close. Not even close <laughs> to that happening. They left very quietly. Very quietly. That's how it works. Yeah, that's the best. By the way, that's the best. When, you, when you're sitting at Arrowhead or any, you're the home team, and you look at the, the aisles and you just see... In this case, Cincy fans with their head down, walking up, dead quiet after making all kinds of noise and holding up their damn burrowhead signs. And the signs are left on the ground in the aisle of the seats while confetti's falling. It's, it was one of the greatest feelings you'll get. It's incredible. Just watching people leave in sadness. Absolutely, yes. I enjoy that when it comes to sporting events. <laughs> That's pretty sadistic, dude. When it comes to sporting events, you're damn right I do. You There's hear him, nothing Nick? better love than seeing pain, the opposing misery. fans than seeing the opposing fans damn. who spent what thousands, if it's a little kid? There weren't many little kids. Uh, when they're opposing <laughs> fans, uh, you just kind of scoffing past that. When there's opposing <laughs> when there's opposing fans that spend thousands of dollars to come to your venue and wouldn't shut up, and then the Chiefs shut them up and they gotta walk their ass back to Sensi. Yeah. And deal with the brush fire at Arrowhead because that happened again, too. Okay. Fireworks going off in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. From the 816, girlfriends got drunk at the AFC Championship and started a fight with the beer vendor for wearing <laughs> orange and black, their <laughs> uniform. <laughs> Marriage material. What? Oh, you gotta, my you God. You got to fight like, with the beer vendor? Get out of orange and black. You're like, this is, this is my... <laughs> Now but I have to wear for work. That's ridiculous. So, what was she mad about? It's not like yeah. orange and blue. They weren't like it's not details. exactly Broncos colors. That's crazy, honestly. Need deets. 
I have a self snitch. Oh, I'm, this is just specifically oh. for you guys. Wow. Okay. Thanks. Ready? Um. Well, I I need to get this up in my chest. So next week we're going down to Arizona, and there's gonna be a lot of stuff happening. And yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh-huh. Right? Like we're gonna be busy days. You know, work days are gonna be fun, but we're gonna be busy and kind of running around. And then at nighttime, there's all sorts of parties and things to go to. I don't want to uh-huh. go to any of that what? stuff. <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't want to go to any of the parties. Why? I don't want to go. Just I feel like I'm going to be too tired. Well, we'll see how the week goes. But like, uh, you, you need your nap early in the week. I feel like I'm going to want to like go home, make some dinner, and just hang out at the house. I mean, that'll happen as the week goes on. But you tell me, let's say if there's a SI or Gatorade party, you don't yeah. want to go to that. I mean, I might I might go to one of them, but I just need you guys to know then now he doesn't want that to. I that I while I'm there, and you look at me from across the bar. Nick, when else are you going to be at a Super Bowl? A Super Bowl week. I know, and I feel like I should feel guilty about this, but I don't. You should feel guilty. You should want to go to <laughs> yeah. some. I'm there Not to work. All. You know I what? You know we, what? We, some this us, is the three little bear situation. You know what? Some Gold of us are going to go to there to work. I want to go to the medium amount, and you want to go to zero. So I want to work. I'm there okay. to work. You guys are there to party, and that's fine. And that's fine. And that's fine. You guys just want to go on the company's dime to go party. And, you know, rub Nick. elbows with media elites. This is what's wrong with the mainstream media, and this is why the public has no trust the of mainstream the mainstream media. media. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want to go there and work and do a good job for the listeners, because the listeners don't care about us partying. They care about the content. That's all that matters to me. Hmm. So you guys are out just getting absolutely blasted on Bud Lights. I'll be back at the house prepping for, uh, for some you know, A-plus content the next day. I'm gonna wake up feeling chipper. So you're playing. Know your role and shut your mouth. This, this, please listen to Travis. Stop saying what you're I know saying. my role, Nick. I know my role. It's Nick, the hard you just, work. You just have to, you just have to suck it up and party with us. I don't know how to break it to you. You. And this is and part of your job this, next week is to party with Cody us. Cody knows this. In Miami, we didn't go to we didn't go to everything. As the week went on, we're like, we no. don't need to go. But initially, the plan is to go to a lot of these things, and then also, you, are you planning on cooking dinner while we're night? out there? No. Every night. No, you're not. Stop. Yeah, I'm like making my own pasta too. <laughs> We make gnocchi. Nick, Nick's gonna be in the. I've kitchen. already got a menu. Got the potatoes. Nick, Nick's gonna be in the kitchen. Nick, Nick's gonna be in the Labor kitchen. Labor intensive with a damn razor blade slicing the damn garlic. Like in Goodfellas. In Goodfellas. Sorry guys, can't make the party tonight. This, this carbonara is not gonna make itself. You know. Yeah, you guys are walking out the door. He's smelling uh, like cologne, and then I'm like, "All right, who's hungry? Just I just saying, spent man. four hours on dinner." You never know when you'll be back at a, a Super Bowl week. And so, yeah, you try to take advantage of it. It's kind of rich for us to say that, considering we were just at one in I, Miami. I Cody, it's kind of hard to be like, hey, Nick, you may never make it back. Well, we don't never. Know. You don't know. A couple years later. We don't know. Got to stay hungry, guys. We don't you got to stay hungry. When, when Nick's working for Arrowhead Pride in a couple years, they may or may not send them. We don't know. Mm, good That's point. when I'm really going to start cutting loose. When I'm on oh. AP's <laughs> dime. <laughs> oh, is that yeah. deeper pocket? Yeah. Just uh, just text gonna... line has a theory. Sounds like Nick's girlfriend got him to no party for you, buddy boy. I can assure you, she doesn't care. Someone says you guys need a producer for the week to fill in for Nick. Now you can have my number. No, I'm no, I'm, I'm still gonna go do the work. You know. Someone says Nick's gonna be in the playbook while while Cody and Gold. That's are, right. Are, that's right. So I'll playing. be I'll be scrubbing the tape. <laughs> Someone says I'm lying. I also don't want to go to the parties. His foot will hurt too much, so they'll be stuck with hurt Cody or go drink Nick. I swear, dude. If we're walking through Radio Row and you're dragging that foot behind you, dude, I'm walking news. at it's least not Nick. Nick. I'm walking it's at least ten feet in front of you. That happened the last time. We'll help Cody with some pain management. Arizona allows certain things out there, so oh. maybe Cody oh, but can that's use that the to help the foot. The dry mm-hmm. heat's probably not good for your joints. You want that moisture, sort of like lube it up. Some- There's no way that's a real doctor's advice. <laughs> yeah, those same doctors that are helping that guy have an 18-year-old rectum. 
Uh, That's the ones who are going to tell me I have to get my knee lubed up or my foot lubed up in order to get myself through that's why radio Cody, Cody's got to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning to, to get the knee ready and the, the, the foot ready to go. Huh. Someone just said, take Jed instead. You know what? If you don't want to have fun, Nick, we're taking someone who does want some. Does Blake like to have fun? No. Who likes to have fun in this You guys building? are the only ones. Just the <laughs> two of us? We're the only two people who like to have fun? Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Interesting. We'll get you. We'll get Nick out to a party. We'll make it happen. We'll make one of these nights while we're out there, and we'll get Nick to show up. I want well. you to wear a loud shirt. Like I think you should leave. Like just like a Dan Dan Flash's shirt, Nick. You gotta wear oh, something man. big, floral, bright yeah. patterns, purple and yellow yeah. and orange. Gotta be bold, man. You gotta stand out at these things. Oh my goodness. Definitely, definitely could see that actually happening. All right, that's the uh, the snitch line that turned into just roasting Nick for not wanting to have <laughs> He's a, for fun. having work ethic. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. All right, coming up next, we'll get to what's trending and our conversation with former Chiefs wide receiver Danian Hughes. We'll ask him uh, what the Chiefs have to do offensively going up against that number one defense. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance. Gant Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot, trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending injury front for the Kansas City Chiefs. We know that uh, practice underway for the Chiefs. This was an actual one. Yesterday, they gave that practice estimation. They're actually practicing today. So Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius, Tony, looking like they're just going to be off to the side for much of practice today. Sneed uh, did go through stretches, according to those on the scene there, including our own Pete Sweeney. Uh, as far as what Andy had to say earlier, though, a bummer from McCole Hardman. Earlier, he mentioned that, uh, quote, it will be tough for him. I doubt he will make the Super Bowl as that pelvis injury or whatever it is continues to be problematic. That's why McColl only played in eight games here in 2022 slash 2023. He had not really been an issue uh, injury wise. He'd played in every single game other than that. I know he missed a little bit of time here or there, but you know, he certainly had been fine up to that point. Next up on what Trini reported earlier in the show, Alleged bank robber, Chief Saholic, is asking to be released from jail before the Super Bowl, asking <laughs> his bond to be reduced to $50,000 so he can get out before the big game. Do you think he'll be successful? Yes, I think they will reduce his bond. Really? Why? I just feel like... I don't know how that works. I, I, I don't I mean, I don't... I feel like they will reduce it, though. He requested it at this point. He's been buying bars for a month. It's depends on... You think uh, it's enough, huh? I mean, 200000 Don't you think $200,000 was a little much? I mean, he did rob a bank. But. Right. Now, fortunately, fortunately, he didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Right? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I understand. Right, so I guess maybe I can let it go for That's that. That's why I think 50K. Lower That's it down. a lot of mo- money. Now, look, the Chiefs haven't lost since he's been behind bars, though. So there's a lot of Chiefs fans that are like, wait question on. is, do you think he should get out? One. And uh, do you I do think, you want him to get out yourself? I don't want him getting out <laughs> before the Super Bowl. But I think, obviously, he should have the opportunity to, sure. to make bail. If maybe a more reasonable amount. Yes. But, yeah, I, the fact that he might actually be able to watch the Super Bowl as a Chiefs fan. It's kind of funny considering how the whole story went. If he's some, he, they're not going to let him leave the state of Oklahoma, right? I wouldn't. I, you know, I don't know how that works. When that's not your residency, what are you I supposed to know. do? Just take up residency in a state in which you don't live? I don't know. That's a good question. What are you supposed to do? Get like a motel? I really, like to me, it's yeah, like. You how probably, do they know he's not going to go on the run? 
I mean, with a guy who's got $100,000 in bet- bets That's looming, what I'm saying. seems like a pretty good candidate to go on the uh, run. Also, wouldn't the FBI, like, I mean, he might have to, I don't know, he probably doesn't have a passport, but like hand over your passport kind of thing. I don't know how that works. I really don't. Let's no, get some no, legal no. experts on the text line who I'm sure know everything about this. Yeah, Nick's our medical expert. We need a legal, legal expert. Legal expert. 913-586-7610. Uh, next up on what's trending, there's a report that Vic Fangio is going to take the Dolphins defensive coordinator job. That had been rumored for a little bit. He opted for Miami over several other teams, including the San Francisco 49ers. This coming out of uh, Nine News in Denver. That the deal has not been finalized, but Vic Fangio did interview with the Falcons and Panthers as well, but he's going to be Mike McDaniel's chief assistant in Miami. Next up on Watch Training, Jerry Jones said in an interview today that he was happy about the decision to trade Amari Cooper and happy to use the cap space elsewhere. I want you to think about that for a minute. Why? Your quarterback clearly needed another weapon on offense, and based on what wide receivers are paid in the NFL gold, can you tell me that Amari Cooper is in an absolute steal at that rate? Great trade for Cleveland. Yeah, great trade for Cleveland. Jerry Jones is not going to admit that he did something wrong. You, you know what's funny? It's like you hear Andy Reid talk earlier today. He's like, dude, it's really hard. He's like, I realized that I wanted to be a head coach. Doing both jobs was really hard. It's almost impossible to do both at the same time. And you're like, hey, Jerry, maybe just worry about being an owner. Don't try to also be the general manager. Never going to happen. Turns out both those jobs are really hard. Him and his son, like, it's never going to happen. It just, it, it's as long as they're in charge, it's never going to happen. They're never going to hire a general manager. They're going to also be in charge of all of that. Long, as long as Jerry Jones, as long as Jerry Jones, frankly, is alive, that's not happening. He's going to, he's going to run the show. That's what's trending here on Cody and Gold. I think the first one said, "I'm not a lawyer, but I did stay at Holiday Inn Express last night. If the Chiefs win, all charges will be dropped." Is how I understand the law. <laughs> so the Chiefs win. He's just he's free to go. Wow. You know? So there's a bunch of Chiefs fans in the Tulsa judicial system. Is that what you're saying? I don't know if that. I don't think that's how that works necessarily. Hmm. It'd be an interesting system that like. But you'd find out that they. Uh, if you commit crimes in the year in which your team wins the Super Bowl, it's fine. Uh, we'll let you off the hook just as long as they win it. From the A16, someone says they were in jail and prison. They have TVs in the day room in jail. So as long as you're on something time, I don't know what that means. You can watch whatever. And in prison, you can actually. Yep. I'm going to get the second part of that. Actually, what? I don't know. I think I didn't, it didn't come through. All, the next text says jalapeno hush puppies. <laughs> and if, <laughs> in, in prison, you can actually get jalapeno crab hush puppies. I don't think that's what that person meant to say. I don't think that's it. That's what Nick was actually texting in to tell us he was going to make Tuesday night uh, when we were there. Instead of going to the parties with us, he was gonna. We we're gonna come home to jalapeno crab. Hey, the thing I was actually planning on doing is, a fish fry. Is there a grill in Ooh. the backyard? We got a pool. Is I'm buying all. I'm buying out? all the cooking equipment. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm blowing my whole per diem. You're buying a Traeger cooking <laughs> smoker <laughs> smoker out there. Yeah. Are you going to bring swim trunks? I am for the heck of it. It's gonna. I might bring them. I don't know really honestly if we'll ever end up in the pool, but I'll bring trunks. It's not gonna be that warm. Seventy five. Yeah, but the pool is not gonna be warm. We can send the forties at night. Put your feet in the water. Oh, dude, how about we take a little polar plunge to start every day? <laughs> wake to you start up. the it'd day? Wake, it would wake you up. Well, with how much partying and drinking and different substances that you guys are going to be putting in your body, you may need a little I'm shock buy to the some, system. I'm going to buy some of that liquid IV stuff before. I'll pack it in the luggage. What's the rules up for DM4 um, like candy? But that is huh? different kinds. Oh, what's what's well, the per diem rule on that? The good news is it's out in Arizona. It's actually pretty cheap because you know it's a it's a legal market these days. Hmm, interesting. Okay, just curious. And we're not talking about betting, obviously. Thank you, Cody. I was just asking. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the rules were. I, I'm going to need them carefully explained by the company before I spend my money. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, we had a chance to catch up with former Chiefs wide receiver Dayton Hughes earlier today. Of course, he's going to be in Arizona. 
He will be a part of the Chiefs broadcast for the Super Bowl, along with uh, Mitch Holtis, Josh Klingler, and Dan Israel. And we started our conversation asking Dana about heading out to Arizona and kind of the vibes that he's expecting to see. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a blast. I mean, uh, to think about, you know, three Super Bowls in five years uh, and five AFC championships and everything that's around this game, Kelsey Bowl, Sirianni, Andy, I mean, you guys, I'm sure, have gone through the list of why this game is so exciting, and obviously it's important. So, yeah, I'll be around and looking forward to all the excitement out there, man. It's going to be a blast. What is the – you mentioned some of the storylines. Like, what is the one that you're actually truly most interested or excited for, other than the obvious, like, just the Chiefs and Mahomes finding a way to win the game? But what actually stands out the most to you? Uh, I like the Kelsey Bowl thing. I think it's, you know – when you think about the timing of their podcast this year being the first year, all both of those guys being all pro and uh, you know, the, the nature and how we've gotten to this point as well as they did. Uh, I feel like that's a great storyline and they got, you know, incredible personalities. Uh, it would have been really cool if one of them played defense. <laughs> Cause then that would, that would be awesome. But uh, at the same time, I think it's just a really cool storyline and, uh, you know, it just adds a little extra juice to uh, the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think that's probably the one that jumps out to me. Uh, you know, I think the world of Andy Reid and the fact that he brought that organization to a Super Bowl, he, you know, broke the record this year in regards to the wins and, and playoffs and, and et cetera, and now bringing this organization to another Super Bowl, that's probably a close second. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's – it's just awesome that we'll be able to match up uh, like this and, and have fun out there in the desert. Dana, as someone who has three competitive brothers, I can't imagine losing that kind of battle. The amount of trash you'd hear for the rest of your life, Dana. Oh, God, it would hurt. Oh, absolutely. And, and you have to believe that, I mean, you would be talking about trash talk that you would probably have uh, at Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas and internally but those guys are going to have trash talk externally too. So it's, it's not, a, it's not just going to be about when they have family gatherings, like they got a podcast <laughs> yeah. that they're going to be able to talk about. So oh, could you imagine man. the first episode next year uh, after this game and how that's going to unfold and wh- like, who's going to have to bite their tongue and just grin and bear it type of mindset to be on the podcast and know that at any moment through the entire season next year, that they that other person can just throw it in your face no matter what like if they have a guest on and they get talking about the super bowl imagine like the words that'll come out of travis or jason's mouth if they're the winner it'll be bad it'll be really <laughs> bad danan uh you know we've got a lot of time to start looking at some of the matchups but the one that stands out the most to me is i feel like orlando brown jr has to have his chris jones game like they need him they need him to play yeah. his best the way they needed chris jones to play his best against cincinnati because the way that pass rush works and the way all of this buildup for Orlando Brown Jr. and his contract and all this stuff works, this needs to be his moment in my mind. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I think, we've, I think we've been a little bit harsh with Orlando Brown Jr. I think there's been like super high expectations, and he's really done a solid job. Now, having said that, I'm not saying that he's been flawless. But when you consider the the overall, in, in totality, the offensive line, how they've done this year, uh, run game as well as pass game, and Orlando Brown 
yeah, there's been times where he's been blown by, but that's happened to a lot of teams. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They, you know, Jalen Hurts played two less games than Patrick Mahomes, and he's been sacked what 40, 41 times. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes playing two less games or playing two more games has only been sacked uh, twenty nine. So like we have to recognize that although like Jalen Hurts is some people would say more mobile than Patrick Mahomes. So you got the more mobile quarterback getting sacked more versus the the lesser mobile quarterback with supposed offensive line issues getting sacked less. So I feel like there's been a little bit of a a stigma put on Orlando Brown Jr. that I don't know is warranted in totality. Yeah, he gets beat once a game or something like that, and Patrick has to make some magic happen. But for the most part, He's been solid. So, yeah, it would be great, especially against this defensive front for Orlando Brown to have the Chris Jones game of the AFC championship. But I think if he just plays his game uh, and we just don't compound any mistakes, I think we'll be fine. We're talking to Danny Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver. Of course, you'll hear him on the call of the Chiefs radio network. Also players only tonight, 6 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. I I look at the running game for Kansas City. We know against Cincinnati, uh, Isaiah Pacheco and the rushing attack, it was, you know, combined, what, 35 yards or so, maybe just around 40 yards, I should say. Uh, But they were able to be involved in the passing game. Pacheco certainly was. Against Philadelphia, how important do you think the run game is? Because we were looking at some trends. Uh, The Chiefs, weirdly, are actually 6-2 and when they're held to 50 rushing yards since 2018, whereas, like, every other team... That's held to 50 yards. They're combined 599 and one. So is it just that <laughs> the Chiefs doesn't matter for them? Yeah. You know, I, I try to keep it as simple as possible, guys. And I know, you know, Josh is, you know, he's been the advocate for run game, run game, run game. And he's been saying that for the three years that we've been doing the broadcast and probably even several years beforehand. And I'm not saying that he's wrong. But what I am saying, and I think it's, Pretty, pretty simple. Every time we hand the ball off, the best player in the league does not have the ball. So, if you're Eric Bieniemy, if you're Andy Reid, um, how often do you not want the best player in the league to have the ball? That's really what it comes down to. And I, yeah, a great compliment to our pass game. We're a pass team first, run game second, and that's how it will always be. And we have to live with that. But the other dynamic of, like, how often do you not want the the MVP of the league to have the ball? Because that's where the run game comes into play. Also remember that, and and I totally believe this, if you look over the landscape of every play of a 60 to 70 play game, there are pass plays that are like run plays. They're designed to stretch the defense, the bubble screens on the outside, the swing routes, the screens, et cetera. Now they go down in the stats as pass plays, but those are really just extended run plays uh, that we've seen. Uh, You know, the jet sweep versus the little shovel pass. Uh, Those are all the same. So it's kind of tough when you look at the numbers to say, well, we need to run the ball more uh, or we need to commit to a certain run. Like I feel like, if we're up by two scores with six minutes left, guess what? We'll see a lot more run. Like, I mean, it, it, it's that simple. If we're down or we're even, then we're going to see a lot more pass because we're a pass-first team. So I, I try not to get totally caught up in 
the run plays and the exact amount of run plays and the yardage because I feel like there's other components of our offense that pretty much equate to the run. Dana, from a legacy perspective, is this game bigger for Andy or Mahomes? Great question. Um, I'd probably say bigger for Patrick Mahomes just because I'd hate to have to go through another offseason and regular season uh, speaking of Patrick <laughs> Mahomes as if he is less than the superstar that he is and somehow gets shaded for an MVP award that he definitely deserves. But if he loses the Super Bowl, then all you have all offseason is talk about how Joe Burrow is still better. Josh Allen was hurt. Justin <laughs> Herbert will be better. Now Russell Wilson because Sean Payton, I mean, you know, we, I can go through a whole list of what I already anticipate as knocks towards Patrick Mahomes if he loses this game. Uh, as far as Andy Reid, I think he's kind of cemented himself as one of the greatest quarter, uh, one of the greatest coaches in league history. And uh, having won one Super Bowl already and been there multiple times, I feel like Patrick Mahomes would have to wear that stigma a little bit longer. It does feel that way, especially because like, I feel like everyone's already just kind of settled into what Andy is one of the single greatest coaches of all time. And I don't think they're going to let the ring count hold him back as much. It's hard because Mahomes, I think it's just because he set a different standard for him. If that makes sense, Danon, because he's had the single greatest start for an NFL career ever. And to only have one Super Bowl during that time would feel like a, a big letdown for guys only like him. Yeah. I can see this, but also let's remember how many great coaches that are either in the hall of fame or we consider great coaches only have one Super Bowl. I mean, so there's a lot of those just like there are quarterbacks, but most of those quarterbacks that we consider great, they only have one Super Bowl, but they probably only went to two, maybe three at the most. Um, so like we talk about John Elway. Well, he won two, but he went to multiple other ones where he got blown out. And, and so there are, there are other quarterbacks like that Marino. I mean, there's the list can go on of great quarterbacks that didn't necessarily, you know, get the job done every single year. Dave, Peyton only Peyton Manning number. only went to three. I mean, he's yeah. already at the same number. I thought Manning went to four or four. What? Maybe. Yeah. Four. I mean, but remember what you go five years, six, seven years into Peyton Manning's career, and what was the dynamic? What was the, you know, what was the scuttlebutt about him? Like, would he ever, would he be just like yeah. the Marino because he kept going against uh, Tom Brady and falling, you know, falling on his face? So, like, I, I feel like this is important for Patrick Mahomes with all the questions, with the elevation of some of the younger talent out there, with the stumbling that we had against Joe Burrow, in the past, uh, you know, the last Super Bowl that we were in with him running for his life, uh, I feel like this game would be great in in regards to his legacy. We saw yesterday that she's put out their injury report, but it was just really kind of an estimation as practice hadn't happened. It will today. Out of the guys that were listed as DNPs or wouldn't practice, guys like Juju and Sneed, uh, and Kadarius Tony, like who who concerns you maybe the most about their health, and you're going to be watching the most this week and into next week? I'd say Juju. I mean, I know he hasn't had a great postseason, and he's been dealing with the injuries, but I just feel like he was a staple 
uh, a solid force for us throughout the season. Very consistent. He's a leading receiver from a receiving stand uh, uh, receiving category. And I feel like he he just brings that extra juice to this team physically. Uh, he's you know he's obviously garnered a lot of confidence from Patrick Mahomes and within this offense. So I think that would be a true detriment because then at that point, you, as far as bigger receivers, and you guys have heard me talk about the need for bigger receivers, you only have Marquez Valdez Scantling if if Juju is not a hundred percent. And I don't, you know, although it worked for us for the most part in the AFC championship, I just hate to go against the defense to the, to the caliber of the Eagles with just that receiver as far as our bigger guy. So I'd say Juju, but I feel like everybody's going to be healthy. And it, and it also brings me to a side note that I think it's ridiculous in the NFL that you have inactives for the Super Bowl. Like I, I, I think it's ridiculous that you have inactives during the regular season anyway. Like if you got 52 guys that are eligible, why uh, put five of them down on game day to be inactive? You got to still pay them. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense, never has. And obviously I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL looks at that, especially from the quarterback standpoint, when right. you had to deal with the issues that with the 49ers, like that's a, that's a black mark on the NFL that you actually have viable quarterbacks that are just in baseball caps and on the sideline because of this number that you have to have for each game. So, and then at the Super Bowl, like I remember my rookie year and I think back that if we would have won the AFC championship against Buffalo, the way Marty was as a coach and how he loved the veterans and stuff like that, I'm not trying to, to, to make it seem like I would have been expendable but i wonder if i would have been deactivated for the super bowl and having pay having to have your family you're paying for your family to go out you're you know you're you're buying tickets for your family and everything else and then on game day not before <laughs> but on game day somebody comes and taps on your shoulder and says hey you're Ugh. you're deactivated like it doesn't make any sense at all for the nfl not to have everybody active for the playoffs for the super bowl and i'd even say for the regular season. Dane, it's kind of why I felt bad that Chris Lamont's got claimed. It was like, you know, he can't play for your team. And now, you know, he can't play for the chiefs in the super bowl. It kind of stunk. Yeah. I mean, and, and the problem is he had no real control over that because he gets claimed. And as long as they don't put him immediately on the practice squad, he has to go to that team. And I think I'd like to believe that Brett Veach probably had in his mind that he was going to pull him back. Uh, and, and pull him back onto the roster had he cleared waivers and now he's out of luck, you know, and that's unfortunate for him. No question. Dane, appreciate it as always, man. We'll listen tonight, six o'clock players only, and then uh, we'll see you out in Arizona next week. Sounds like a plan, fellas. All right. That was our conversation with Dane and Hughes earlier today on the show. And uh, I think for the last part about the inactive stuff and it is kind of crazy. Like if you're on the Super Bowl roster, why are you inactive? Just let everybody be inactive. You're paying them anyway. You know? Well, I think the probably what the truth is the competition committee will probably look at that this year anyway, just because of what happened in that yeah, 49ers game, like you said. Like if you could have just had one more, even if it's just like whoever, right? Some quarterback you've never heard of who's not really supposed to be there, allow them or allow them a bonus roster spot. Like, all right, 53 active and you get a 54th guy in the playoffs that's another quarterback. Because of all these teams who only want to carry two. Do not let a team roll into a game 
not having enough quarterbacks to finish it. I understand the Chiefs were running short on wide receivers the other day. Jody Fortson was lining up every once in a while. Like, but they're carrying seven guys. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of injuries in a single game in order to get to that point. But it's like a quarterback. What are we doing here? You guys going to check out? Uh, I didn't realize part of tonight is the Pro Bowl. The uh, the Pro Bowl oh. games. The skills showdown is tomorrow. Tonight is a nut one part. I think tonight might be some of the dodgeball or some of that crap. Uh, I, I honestly had no idea it was tonight. I thought this was all on Sunday, but it's not. It's throughout the entire week. I would have voted you most likely to watch Pro Bowl stuff as Nick would the other day when he was like, yeah. you know, you're the biggest like just overall. But this isn't even this isn't even a game. Anyway, these are like this is just random dodgeball. Catch the funny. In a weird way, that to me is more. I've never watched a second of the game. Right, I don't but, think I've ever watched any of it. But if it's dodgeball, I can just wait till somebody does something funny and it'll tweet it out. It'll be available for me. Like Tyreek Hill doing a backflip while throwing a dodgeball and saying something funny. That'll be on Twitter if it actually was funny. That's yeah, kind of where that's I'm fair. At. Tyreek Hill, you and I have talked off air about this. If Tyreek Hill would go to Radio Row and promote something, I hope he is because it would be incredible. I don't know if he would agree to come on in Kansas City, but it would be so good. It would be so good. Has he done a new episode of his podcast? He has yet? not. He has mm. not. Season's over. He said he's going to do it when the season starts. And so he'd be said. I didn't know. Uh, didn't know which one. Not much maybe. needs to be said anymore. Tonight is dodgeball, whatever lightning round is. Longest drive, precision passing, and best catch Longest drive, so there's one. a little golf going on. Okay. So, there you go. Sounds thrilling. Can't wait. I will not be tuning in. Nick, though, big fan. He will be. All three hours. However long it's on, we'll have Nick. Nick's notable notes will break down the entire Pro Bowl games. Or what are they calling it? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, Pro, yeah, Pro, Pro okay. Bowl games. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't even sure yeah, that's what they were the, calling the, it. The Pro Bowl games. I, I was just checking to see if there was... Uh, I'm more interested in watching that Squid Game the Challenge show word. than the Pro Bowl games. Yeah, I was making. I was checking if any of the local markets had any ridiculous Pro Bowl-type bet options. That's an offshore thing only, looks like. I, I, didn't, I didn't see Like, who's going to win the best catch? There is offshore. There's stuff like that. Which team's going to win, like, dodgeball? AFC offense or NFC offense? That's actually stuff people can bet on offshore. I haven't seen it on any of the legal betting markets. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thinking of that, there is that betting show tonight. Uh, I'll be on after Dana Hughes, what we just talked about. Dana Hughes will be on players only from 6 to 7. I'll be on from 7 to 8. A quick early preview looking ahead to betting options for the Super Bowl. Uh, Aton Shander, uh, who's a sports radio host in Philadelphia, a big betting guy as well, big Eagles fan. He'll join me tonight. We'll get their perspective on some of the betting. And uh, otherwise, we'll be back at this thing tomorrow right here on Cody and Gold. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.